Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired a lounge singer to be their office receptionist. Hello, this is Mickey Marquis, and you've reached the office of Doug and Associates. <laughs> Thank you very much. Catch me Tuesday nights at the Hotel Johnson. Hello? But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. Doug and Associates, this is Mickey Market. Hello? For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today. Welcome to the Barker Podcast Collection. Welcome to the TV Dumpcast, part of the Barker Podcast Collection. My name's Rob Howard, and this week I'm joined by... Ian Bruce and John Marson. Cool, we're going to talk about some of the uh, TV news that's been happening this week, but first I just want to say if you want to contact us, you can email us at tvdumpcast at gmail.com, contact us on Twitter at tvdumpcast, or uh, j- join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash tvdumpcast. And if you're feeling particularly generous, you can also give us a five-star rating on iTunes because we're on there now as well. But anyway, without further ado, uh, we can get into some news. Um, it was New York Comic Con uh, last weekend, and there was quite a few things dropping there. Do you guys uh, catch any of that stuff? Um, I didn't actually. Go go ahead, Rob. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, uh, Jerome Flynn from Game of Thrones, he was around. It always cracks me up, actually, because uh, I, I didn't realise until, like, I think season three that uh, he was one half of the uh, the pop duo. <laughs> wow, showing your age there. Yeah. I know, I know. Um, yeah, he, he was just kind of making a point about how um, the... In season four, it's going to diverge from the uh, from the novels even more, which isn't really going to make a lot of difference to us. Like, I, we haven't been reading it, have we? Yeah. I, I haven't. Started it and then uh, decided that I'd rather watch the TV show and spread it out <laughs> over the next decade or however long it's going to take to watch. Yeah, same with me. So I, many. I got wo- the first one, started it. No, I watched the TV series. I think. <laughs> Well, you know, they keep saying that it's going to take him so long to finish these books that eventually they're going to just going to converge anyway, so... But yeah, it does more sound, than likely. It does sound like what Jerome's saying, it's going to diverge. And if he lives long enough to actually finish the books as well. Well, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I mean, he was saying that uh, he's involved in a fight scene that doesn't appear in the books, although him, he himself doesn't actually read the books either, so all he knows is what people tell him happens to his character so I think that's all he's got to kind of base that on. There's a possibility then that one week at work he's going to be in for a big surprise isn't he? <laughs> I, I don't know what happens to his character at all so. Neither do I. Yeah by the way you're getting your head chopped off today sorry. Oh that's the first <laughs> I was going to say you're going to a, re- you're going to a wedding. But. Yeah, yeah. The other thing I found interesting is that he only reads his parts of the script and that that sometimes leads to him feeling a bit starstruck when he's in a scene with other characters that he only really knows from watching the show himself as a fan. So uh, that's that's kind of cool. Yeah, that's that's interesting actually. Like he's uh, he's taking it from viewing the whole thing from a different perspective as if he actually was that character. Yeah, oh, that's cool. Right. So next up, uh, we have Ron Moore, who was previewing his new show, which is a time travel series called Outlander, and that's uh, based on a book, as most things are, I guess. But yeah, he was kind of saying how it's it's time travel, but it's actually set in the past, and then they time travel back even further than that. Yeah. 
So is that based on the, um, well, it might have been the movie was based off the same book, but there's a movie called Outlander about time travel as well. I, th- I think that's a different property. That was the oh, guy who went back to Viking times, Viking times and, and slayed the dragon. dragon yeah. yeah, that was. That's, it, that's not a terrible movie, but I think this is a, a different thing. He forges a sword out of parts of a spaceship. It's an awesome film. It is an awesome film. <laughs> I didn't want to call it awesome first. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Rob. Carry on. Um, yeah, well, he was just sort of saying how, you know, it's kind of in his best interest to stay fairly true to the uh, source material because his wife's a big fan of the of the book. So uh, at least that should keep fans happy. Um, but, like, they're going to diverge it sl- slightly. Um, they're going to make changes to make it make sense on TV. Like, um, apparently, like, the, the show's going to open with a big World War Two kind of prologue, which isn't how the book opens, but should make for some good TV and will probably, you know, catch our attention. <laughs> yeah, yes. Well, he did do Battlestar Galactica, so I have faith that he's going to do this well. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, well. I mean, what did you guys think about Caprica? Because, I mean, it started off well, and it was an interesting premise, but I don't know, I think ultimately it lost its way. I don't even think I finished watching that. I didn't finish its... I'm just putting it down to he's done BSG really well and he did some stuff with Caprica and I didn't really enjoy that. So hopefully that was... It's the odd odd TV shows that he does, not the evens. <laughs> yeah, probably. I, I wasn't a massive yeah. fan of Caprica either. It was... Uh, it just it just felt like they were just sort of another spin-off show dragging it out a bit too much for me. Yeah. Sometimes there's only so much you can do with the lore of a show. Yeah. When, when the main lore is humanity flying around the stars looking for a planet that's good enough but do you really want to take it back from that and set it in the past of that not really there was that blood and chrome thing as well that uh, was all about a young Adama did that actually ever see the light of day Um, yeah it came out I think it um, I think it came out as like a couple of short films or something like that Um, I'm not 100 but it seemed yeah that's what I heard at the time Mm. Okay, well, uh, moving on. There was a big Walking Dead panel at, at New York Comic Con as well. Uh, Andrew Lincoln was there. Rick, uh, the the character that plays Tyrese, was there. Who's apparently going to have a more expanded role in this? Finally, or he's he's introduced much earlier in the comics, isn't he? But um, yeah, he's, he's only just turned up. Yeah. So they were saying how there's going to they're going to be introducing another couple of uh, characters that are sort of fan favourites from the, from the graphic novels. First one being Abraham and uh, Eugene, a former science teacher. I know you read the comics, John. Do you yeah. know much about these guys? Um, yeah, I do. So Abraham is kind of like an ex-military uh, beefcake type dude, um, really good with tactics and stuff like that. Because as you can see, the show's going more towards them coming in, getting into trouble more with survivors and zombies. They've mm. got to the point where they can handle the zombies and it's more the other humans that are a threat. So uh, they get this guy Abraham on board and he, he's good at dealing with the other survivors, the other, the other groups that they get into trouble with, uh, setting them up with decent tactics and uh, just basically being a killing machine. <laughs> he's going to be played by this Southland actor, uh, Michael Kuditz. Could, Ruin oh, that. Okay. Um, you watched Southland, didn't you? Yeah, so is he the... Um, have you seen any of it, Southland? Nope. No, I think, if I'm if I'm correct, he's uh, he's the guy that plays the gay cop in it. Um, he's quite a big dude, uh, pretty much perfect for the role, actually. Sort of getting on a bit, um, looks like he might have been in the military. I, th- I think that could work, yeah. Yeah, he's touting a 
kind of big handlebar moustache in this photo and firing a gun. Uh, yeah, so. that sounds about right. <laughs> cool. Can I just, uh, talking about Walking Dead, did you hear about the new Frank Darabont production that's coming out in December? Is that Mob City? Yeah, the stupidly titled Mob City. <laughs> Cool. Um, yeah, I was actually going to mention that in a moment, but we can oh, uh, we can no no we can roll into that if you like. Yeah. Um, I saw I saw about like the uh, the casting news there. Yeah, we've got uh, Jeffrey Demun who played Dale in uh, Walking Dead, and also we've got Shane from The Walking Dead as well, John Bernthal. So I think we need to take it as read that if you're listening to this, you should assume that we're up to date with these shows, and we may talk about stuff. And characters who may or may not have moved on. Yeah, I mean, we're we're not going to go out of our way to spoil stuff, but uh, yeah, I think uh, it's fair to say if you're not up to date with a lot of these shows, then you may hear something you don't want to. Yeah, like basically that if you die and get killed by a zombie, you're going to get reincarnated in 1947 Los Angeles. <laughs> now, this show was originally called uh, L.A. Noir, wasn't it? And I think they changed that after because of the the problem like with the game coming out they didn't want to make people think this was a TV show of that game yeah um, so I don't know why they changed it to Mob City though that is possibly I don't know considering what a high class production this is probably going to be yeah. I don't know why they pinned it with that well <laughs> Carpet City Carpet City would have just been ridiculous <laughs> true <laughs> enough but um, yeah this it's Looks like they've got an awesome cast here. Um, Robert Nepper, who was um, was he the main evil guy that um, ended up with one hand? Is that him? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Uh, Teabag. That's it. Teabag. Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> happy days. Um, yeah. So uh, Milo Ventimiglia. Yeah. That guy from Heroes. He's going to be in it as well. And also in a, in the first two episodes, Simon Pegg. Yeah, yeah, I've heard this. Have you seen the trailer yet? There's a there's a trailer out for it on the internet, and it does look pretty stunning. It looks quite cinematic. Yeah, I'm sort of looking at it silently now. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, no, I've had this on my radar ever since it was announced. I mean, uh, Frank Darabont, he's he's quite uh, well regarded. I think um, he did good stuff getting The Walking Dead. Um, on air, so yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to be checking it out. It's um, I mean, I'm not sure when it's going to show in the UK, but I think it's airing in a few weeks in the US. I think on um, Stars, is it or uh, no TNT? TNT December the fourth. Yeah. Ah, December the fourth. Cool. Well, hopefully it will make its way over here. <laughs> I imagine it will. Someone will pick it up, won't they? With some network. Yeah. Talking of other shows that um. Have no idea when it's gonna when it, when it will make its way over here. Is um this new pirate uh show called Black Sails? Have you guys heard much about this? Heard um, of it? I, not seen much about it though. Yeah, I remember them uh, it being talked about. I think it was on Ain't It Cool News months ago. But like as a oh by the way, someone's making a pirate TV show, but there weren't any details. So please let me know. This I love pirate stuff. Yeah, I think it's it, well. It sounds like the the setup for it is basically there's this area kind of in the in the Bahamas where uh, basically all the kind of authority have just abandoned it because the pirate stuff's got so bad. So it's like a basically a lawless area, and it sounds almost like a kind of Deadwood on sea, <laughs> possibly. 
So kind of like Tortuga in uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, anything goes kind of place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, no, I mean, I'm up for some good pirate stuff that, um, you know, without the meddlesome Hollywood studios involved, I think a long form, you know, show based on that could be pretty awesome. It'd be good if it's nice and gritty as well. If it's uh, yeah, if it's cheesy, it'll be a problem, really. Yeah. Okay. Um, Sleepy Hollow uh, recently started airing in the UK and uh, has actually gone down pretty well. Surprisingly, the premise sounds ridiculous in that it's uh, Ichabod Crane, as in you know the Johnny Depp character um, from that movie. But they've transported it into modern day, so. I'm not sure. I haven't seen it myself. Have you guys seen it? No, like you say, the premise is kind of put me off. I've uh, it's it's on the list, and uh, my other half is talking about watching it. So I'm going <laughs> to at some point, probably before the next time we record another one of these, I'll have some feedback on it. Oh, cool. Well, uh, you can be our guinea pig then. <laughs> <laughs> there is another show in, uh, called Once Upon a Time. Oh uh, yeah, that has a similar kind of premise where it's. Fairy tale characters, traditional fairy tale characters, uh, set in the modern day. So I think there might be a market for stuff that used to be from olden times, bringing it up to date. Well, it's basically fables, isn't it? Uh, Once yeah. upon a time. So yeah, I'm, I, I I did watch some of that, but um, I couldn't get on with it <laughs> myself. <laughs> fables being a long-running uh, comic book for those of you who on into that kind of thing that listening which has just been been turned into a video game yeah yeah that actually looks amazing I'm going to be getting that yeah I'm going to get it at some point once I've uh, finished Assassin's Creed 3 but that's uh, for another <laughs> podcast, podcast. <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, but yeah anyway the the other thing that I found interesting about this Sleepy Hollow is that they've got uh, it's got John Noble in it he's recently oh. showed up in it right oh, I'm going right. to start watching that then and and it's by the writers of Fringe, so oh, yeah, okay. it's kind of like I'm like ah, oh. <laughs> and uh, also uh, awesome, but a bit of a dodgy final season. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, friend of the show Anthony, he he has been watching it and said actually it's quite good, although uh, he ha- he doesn't like Breaking Bad, so I'm not sure if I'm going to take his word as gospel. That's not exactly what he said, was it? Well, no, but I don't know. He's I think maybe he's just being a bit contrarian. But yeah, he has, he's not he here has, to defend himself. He has at times backed off certain episodes of Breaking Bad, and you know that's he's uh, touching the untouchable. Well, indeed. Well, maybe time zone allowing, he might be able to come on here and defend himself one day. But uh, you know, <laughs> for now, we better leave that. <laughs> okay, um, so that's pretty much all that happened at uh, New York Comic Con. There was some stuff with the following, wasn't there? Oh, yeah. Um, well, I started reading this news story, and then I just read spoilers and was like, uh, uh. So I sort of skipped down to the bottom. I noticed that uh, James Purfoy was still on the panel and stuff and seems very much a part of the show. To be honest, he wa- it was almost a double-hander in the end, despite Kevin Bacon really being like the, the show lead. I think James Purfoy st- stole the show, to be honest, don't you think? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I can't, look, I can't look at Kevin Bacon without thinking he's about to advertise on a phone network <laughs> yeah. or a I know. TV channel. So, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. But yeah, um, I, I'm guessing 
he's probably going to be written back into the show somehow. I don't want to say too much about how season one ended, but... Um, what, more than you just have? <laughs> well, yeah. Um, <laughs> I better leave it, really. Well, who, anyone who's, who's going to watch it, they're going to see season one and uh, know that there's a season two and know that that character's in it, so it doesn't yeah. really matter, does it? Just while we're on the subject subject of spoilers, I've been watching more NYPD Blue over the last couple of weeks, and the new DVDs that are out, when you choose one of the episodes, you go into a little page for that episode, and it gives you the plot of the episode in three lines, including all of the spoilers for that episode. <laughs> what the utter fuck is that all about? Just, ugh, madness. They managed to convey all of it plus spoilers in three lines. It would give you the, the biggest spoilers within the episode. And this is the one where Figgy dies. Yeah. Exactly. It does that exactly. <laughs> really? That's like Everybody insane. that may or may not die in season six, it does that for all of them. It's like, oh, it's an old show. You've you probably don't need to watch this it now. before. This is what happens. <laughs> if it's oh, even just rein that in, that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a bit extreme. Oh, well. Anyway, talking of travesties, or, well, it depends how you look at it, um, Charlie Hunnam has pulled out of... Fifty Shades of Grey, yeah. Okay. Don't pretend you don't know, Rob. (laughs) I don't know what it is, really. Uh, I've got a vague idea. Um, It's about S&M, isn't it? Yeah, basically, like a cheesy version of S&M. Oh. A cheesy version of S&M. Yeah. I just found this um, particularly funny on a, on one website where like they had sort of their related news stories, and uh, the first one, well, from the bottom to the top, the first news story was Charlie Hunnam signs on for Fifty Shades of Grey. The, then the next one up was uh, Charlie Hunnam taking role in Fifty Shades of Grey very seriously, and then the next one was Charlie Hunnam pulls out of Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> I was reading some more stuff about this today, and the suggestion was that when he came on board, he was very excited and wanted to make some script changes. Oh, right. But the the people who'd done the script obviously didn't like that very much, having this young upstart telling them, oh, we'd do this and he'd do that, and it came to a head uh, a few days ago, and that's the reason that he pulled out. So mm. while the I think the story everybody's latched onto is he's a bit, oh, I don't want the publicity and stuff... There may be more going on. Yeah, well, they said the the reason the official reason was basically that it conflicted with his busy TV schedule. But I can't believe they would have cast him not knowing that he's in this yeah, show called Sons of Anarchy. That's quite that's a big deal. Sniff test that excuse definitely. Yeah. And we all thought it was artistic integrity that stopped him from doing it. <laughs> um, so who's gonna who's gonna get it instead? Well, they're saying Skarsgård, aren't they? Alexander Skarsgård, he's been in the frame for... Well, I think the internet, well, the female internet just wants him to be it. I think the ideal person for it would be the Dinklage. (laughs) That would be excellent and quite worth watching. It would be ideal, but, yeah, I don't know. It's not is it? No, I mean, I can't see there's a huge amount of crossover between the people that watch Sons of Anarchy and the people that have read Fifty Shades of Grey. I don't uh, think they go for that audience at all. I don't think they really care about the, the anarchy people coming to watch Fifty Shades. No. I mean, it's they're just printing money, aren't they? Yeah. Or they think they are. Hmm. I think it should be uh, Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> yes, for obvious I'd reasons. I'd even go and watch it if they put him in it. 
Moving on from uh, dodgy casting choices to excellent casting choices, we have the new episodes of Doctor Who, which uh, will be... The new Doctor will be played by Peter Capaldi, um, which I thought was an awesome choice after the last two choices. I mean, I'm not really up on this. Have, have you watched Doctor Who? Um, yeah, I've, I've watched quite a bit of it. It's it's uh, it's the same as it ever was, really. It's just uh, super cheesy, quite fun. Yeah. Not much to write home about, but it passes the time sort of thing. Well, anyway, the news is that um, Ben Wheatley is going to be directing the first two episodes of the new series of Doctor Who. So first you've got awesome choice for the Doctor and, and a more adult choice for a Doctor, I think. Um, and then you've got the guy who created Kill List and uh, <laughs> Sightseers and A Field oh in England. God. What yeah. the hell is going to come out? <laughs> I know. Well, he's not writing it, is he? But No, but still, you know, it's, it's going to be dark. Yeah, well, I don't I, think it will be. I think he's got kids, and they say, "Daddy, what do you do for a job?" And he goes, well, I, "I can't really show you what I do for a job." So, oh, the yeah, Rodriguez maybe. thing, Spy yeah. Kids style. Yeah, and good for him if that's why. Good for him either way. I mean, it's it'll be good. Yeah, I, I just can't Doctor Who kind of way. What the guy's like. You see, you, you watch his films, and they just seem so messed up and crazy. Um, <laughs> I can't imagine him doing anything that that is. You know, that you could let a child watch. I don't know. a lot of Doctor Who kind of messed up and crazy, really, but they get away with it because it's wobbly cardboard sets and fat yeah, guy in a silver suit or something. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It's just uh, the stuff that he turns out, it's just, it's just so horribly dark. <laughs> Have you seen any of those movies, Ian? Uh, I've seen Kill List and Sightseers. Uh, yeah. I've got a field in England to watch. But yeah, I haven't seen that one yet. I've seen the first two. Kill list it's was. Good. It's worth. It's worth a watch. A field in England is. Yeah. Okay. Cool. It's black and white, isn't it? Yeah, and it's um, it it makes less sense than the other films as well. <laughs> That's a good thing. <laughs> okay, moving on. We've got a bit of a Breaking Bad update, even though that show's uh, ended now. It's it's stopped. It's over. But its legacy lives on. <laughs> on it, the internet, apparently it does, yes. Yeah, uh, in the form of a, a letter that um, Anthony Hopkins wrote to uh, the cast of Breaking Bad. Well, sp he addressed it sp specifically to Brian Cranston. But yeah, he just wrote this amazing letter um, that I'm not going to read in full. I'll just read a small excerpt of it. I'm not going to put on an Anthony Hopkins Go on, voice. do it. Go no, on. I'm not. I can't. One by all. Go on. <laughs> No, he says, this work of yours is spectacular, absolutely stunning. What is extraordinary is the sheer power of everyone in the entire production. What was it, five or six years in the making? How the producers, yourself being one of them, the writers, directors, cinematographers, every department, casting, etc., managed to keep the discipline and control from beginning to end is that overused word, awesome. And he goes on uh, to sort of say, pass on my regards to the rest of the cast. But yeah, I just thought it was so cool that he... Uh, he, he kind of put pen to paper there after marathoning the show for two weeks, and and it just went out there. I th I think it was go uh, the character the guy that plays Gomez, and uh, the uh, the guy that plays Skinny Pete. They leaked it onto Facebook, and then it went onto Reddit and various blogs that I follow. But yeah, I just thought that was great. Yeah, it's quite a compliment to get a letter like that from Anthony Hopkins, like the Anthony Hopkins, isn't it? Oscar-winning actor. Yeah, that's some serious stuff. 
I wonder if he watched the West, uh, not the West Wing, <laughs> The Wire. He would do a similar letter to everybody involved. Mm, I wonder. The Wire definitely had a similar amount of hype, I think, and especially around the time it was ending. I don't know. We could argue forever about the relative merits of these amazing shows. We could. We could, but Breaking Bad's the best one out of the two. <laughs> okay, the next news is that um, they're holding a funeral in Albuquerque for the show. <laughs> what? Yeah, uh, this Saturday, October the 19th at 4.30pm in New Mexico's Sunset Memorial Park, uh, following a procession starting at the location where, spoilers, oh, I'm not going to say no, no, I'm not. <laughs> but anyway, they're putting. A, there's going to be a funeral service, and all the proceeds are going to go to Vernon Steakhouse Walter White Endowment Fund at the Albuquerque Community Foundation, benefiting Albuquerque Healthcare for the Homeless. Excellent. I'm sure everybody who listens to this podcast from Albuquerque will now attend it. I I, I hope they do. <laughs> they be a service. And. Finally, and possibly the most juicy and actual newsworthy bit of news, really, is uh, that Vince Gilligan is saying that Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul cameos are likely in the uh, Breaking Bad spin-off Better Call Saul. Yeah, which is quite interesting because they, uh, you know, they they meet him fairly on in in their career, don't they, as criminals? So I don't really see how it can, unless it's going to exist in the same time frame as Breaking Bad. How oh no, it's still a prequel. Yeah, but you know, if 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 they're in it, um, they've got to meet him, which means it exists at the same time as Breaking Bad, right? Well, I think it could just be like they're in a store and like Walter White's maybe getting his groceries or something. Oh, they like, bump into each other or something like that. Yeah, but also Saul, I believe, had dealings with uh, one of the gangsters that they encounter early on, who had dealings with Jesse. Okay, right, so, so there could be a crossover there. Yeah, they could, I've, I mean, they're not going to be in it lots, really, but they could show up. Any any of the characters could, Gus could, easily, you know, I mean, yeah. his enterprise was going on. He did, did, was Sol, Sol wasn't Gus's lawyer, was he? Um, he was connected to him, he was the one that introduced Walt to Gus, but I don't know, I don't think he was his lawyer, I think he was just like aware of his work kind of thing. Okay. But anyway, yeah, the, what's interesting as well in this news story is that um, originally they pitched this as like a half an hour knockabout comedy, but since then they, they're thinking it's now going to be a bit more of a sort of one hour drama thing, but, but still focusing on the more com- comedic elements of Breaking Bad. Yeah, so they're saying like a similar tone, but more on the comedy end of it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's inevitable, isn't it? You've got pointy head man, haven't you? <laughs> You love that guy's head, don't you? It just amuses me. He's, he's still sitting in that room. Okay, and the uh, final piece of news we have here is that Marvel are going crazy on TV. Uh, yeah, I was wondering if you'd bring this one up, because I know you're uh, struggling your way through Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and you're going to have another four to watch now, aren't you? Uh, yeah, I know it's it's quite annoying. Um, they're basically shopping a four series deal for a total of sixty episodes to uh, various cable networks and uh, VOD outlets. So like Netflix, Amazon, they're all kind of in the frame for this. I, I, I imagine it will be one of the major networks that gets it. Why are they doing this? I mean, it's not a bad thing, but why why now? 
brand expansion, isn't it? They they just have to do it. The next phase of their planned takeover of the comic book space. Are DC doing something in return? Well, they're doing that um, Commissioner Gordon show. Yeah, Gotham. So that's that's their own. And Arrow. Of course. Flash. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So they're on it as well. But yeah. Oh, they had a Punisher series set up at Fox a couple of years ago, but that didn't work. Yeah, that that would just be too much, wouldn't it? You know, yeah. getting their arms and legs blown off by the Punisher for for an hour, it might be uh, it might get banned. <laughs> <laughs> and there's also this Agent Carter series that Marvel and ABC are working on. She's the one of the characters from Captain America, played by Haley Atwell, and they did a one shot of that at Comic Con, and everyone went crazy because it was like, oh, it's a Marvel superhero that's a girl, and um. Yeah, so they're talking about turning that into a show, which I can imagine being quite quite an effort, really, being a period setting and everything. That probably will cost loads of money. Yeah, no, no idea on that one. Okay, well, that's all the news we have this week. Okay. Cool, okay. So that's all we have time for for now. Don't forget, you can email us on tvdumpcast at gmail.com, contact us on Twitter at tvdumpcast, or on Facebook at facebook.com slash tvdumpcast. Uh, give us a five-star rating on iTunes if you can. Can people contact you guys anywhere specific? Uh, I am on Twitter. Surprisingly, Fat Man Dumping was available on Twitter. <laughs> at Fat Man Dumping. Please, no scat references. It's purely to do with the podcast. So, yeah. <laughs> cool. And, um, you can get me at Wobbly John. I'm at Bobby Rocker, that's B-O-B-I-R-O-K-A, and yeah, that's all for now. Uh, Until next time, bye bitches. Every year, compliance regulations change thousands of times, and every year, ADP makes thousands of seamless platform updates so businesses can focus on everything else, like running their business. Grow stronger with ADP, HR, talent, time, and payroll.